there, and welcome back to On Your Terms. I'm Sam Vanderweelen. I can't help wait to chat with you about email lists today, email list building and what to write to your email list. So if you haven't yet, you'll want to go back and listen to episode 65 of my podcast because that's part one. Um, this is part two of what to email your list to keep them engaged. In part one, we talked about how to actually build your email list, different biz, like building strategies. But in this one, we're really going to talk about what to email your email list. So I hope you're excited to dive into this today. Um, speaking of email lists, have you signed up for my free legal Q&A called Sam's Sidebar? Every single Thursday, I send out um, a newsletter to my list where I take a reader's question and I answer it for the whole list. People have submitted such good questions lately about like how to copyright something and what you should copyright to what kinds of business insurance you need to how to follow scope of practice rules as a coach. I dive into all of your questions there. And so I'd love to see you there. I'll drop a link below for you to easily get on to my email list without receiving any marketing emails. Um, it's called the easy email sign up list below. I would love to see you there. Okay, before we get into this week's episode, I have to give a shout out to FFB7 on Apple Podcasts, who left a review for the show saying Sam was recommended in an online business group, and I'm so glad I clicked on the link. She brings so much value in a simple way and helped me keep building an online program without getting stuck on the legal policies. After watching her webinar, I bought the bundle and have been very pleased. Looking forward to Sam's next training. Thank you so much for leaving that review in Apple Podcasts of my show, On Your Terms. You can also leave a review and you'll be entered to win a $20 Starbucks gift card. All you have to do is leave a review on Apple. I pick a new winner every single month and you might even get a shout out here. So in this episode, I dove in deep about what to email your email list um, and how important consistency is how to think of this generally more of like a 30,000 foot view of your marketing strategy um, and kind of the different ways that I go about nurturing my email list between promos or sales. I talk about creating a series or referring to bigger pieces of content. And we talk about, especially for any of you who feel like nervous about emailing your list or you feel like a bother or you don't like to pitch and make the sale or something like that, I think that I dove deeper than I even had planned to on, you know, kind of some of the mindset strategies, I guess, that I use around this and how this is a muscle that we really have to work to train and strengthen. So with that, I hope that you love this episode. I'll leave some resources for you below um, besides part one of this of this little podcast series I did for episode 65. I'm also going to leave the link to Liz Wilcox's um, What to Email Your List membership. It's a $9 membership where she teaches you how to and what to email your email list. She's a wonderful copywriter. Um, so I will make sure I drop all those for you below, but I just hope you enjoy this episode and I'll see you on the other side. So I feel like whenever we talk about email lists, it's a little bit of a chicken or an egg problem because I feel like people think that you have to get all of these people on your list and like focus on that part. But then they're like, oh, wait, I never thought about what I actually then email those people. But I can like think about what I email those people after I build my list. And instead, I kind of see it as like this infinite loop that you should be focusing on, on like building your email list, continuously pouring new traffic into it. And at the same time, unfortunate news, I guess, you also have to be thinking about and planning for what you're emailing the people who are already on it, regardless of whether there are two people, 200 people, 2000 people. I think you have to give the same energy and attention to what you're emailing 
than you do like about how many people you're getting on it, you know? So we have a hard enough time building our list. And I know we talked about that a lot in episode 65. I hope you really liked that episode. I hope you've already listened to it before this one, because it's the part one of the email list building um, episodes I'm doing. But I feel like just as often as I hear from people of like, where do I start? How do I build my email list? How do I start from scratch? Or, you know, my email list is kind of dead. It's not growing. I often hear from people also like, what should I send them? You know, I feel like I'm all over the place. I don't know what to email my people. And I feel like that's probably the comment that I get about my emails the most is like, I mean, people don't care about how many people I have on my list. They often are just like, I love your emails. I don't know. How do you know like what to send or how do your emails always speak to me or something like this? And I don't think it's any secret. I think I just follow a process. And so I've never, I've never really laid it out for everybody. So I thought that today would be a good time to do that. I don't think that people always go into their email list with like a strategy in mind. I don't I don't often find that we focus on strategy enough in our businesses, but I'm very strategic, a strategic person when it comes to business. And the same goes with your email list. Like nothing I do is random. Right. I always am thinking um, I'm always thinking about what purpose something has in our business, where it's leading to, why I'm doing it, what it's building to like very, very strategic. Um, It's exhausting, actually, but but it is. It is the way that my brain works, you know? And unfortunately, I think if you don't enter into your email list with some sort of strategy, it leads to random emails or it leads to your email list just kind of like puttering along and sitting there and not generating sales for you. And you either get a bunch of lurkers, which is very common, by the way, with email lists and even with social media is like you're always going to have more people who are reading your stuff and not responding and they really love it. And they like hang on to every word you say, but they just never let you know. Um, And that's just kind of the way that things work. But you also are going to lead to more of those uh, of the lurkers. And we really do want people to be engaged. And you're also going to lead to more people just sitting there and not you know, purchasing from you or ever reaching out to work with you or taking the next step or exiting if they're not the right person, which I know it sounds counterintuitive, but we do want them to do that, right? People also stop and start with their email list a lot. So I hear from people all the time that, you know, maybe you've gone through a period where you're like, I emailed every week for X number of weeks or months, but then I stopped. And we lose people along the way. We don't become this kind of like expected, like part of somebody's week or day, And I think that that's a really important thing, especially with whatever you're helping people with, whether it's their business, their relationship, their career, their health, you can become a really like vital part, you know, something that thing that something that people look forward to opening up their inbox. I feel like I hear from so many people about this like email guilt that we have, right? About like, I don't just want to be another email in their inbox. I know people are inundated with emails and it's like, okay, I get it. And I I appreciate the concern. But like, first of all, people have agency and they can choose to be there and they can choose to leave. Right. We have to give people that power. And we like we can't take over that responsibility for them. The second thing is that what if you created an email that, you know, we can't make everybody happy. But for the most part, like people look forward to reading it because it's really helpful. It's really valuable. And the, the email itself should have value. I think where people get confused is when they think about sales emails or emails you might get from like, 
you know, J. Crew or Madewell, where they're just like, there's another T-shirt that's on sale, right? They're just letting you know. They're not helping you in any way in your life. They're not telling you, you know, unless they have a really good content, like email content marketing game, and they're telling you like, here are 10 fall outfits you should try. That's added value. I would open those emails, you know? But a lot of times what we think of when we think of emails are more of these straight sales emails without content. That's not what you're going for unless you're going through a sales period, right? And we're going to talk today about like how those ebb and flow and how you balance that and all that kind of stuff. But your email itself should be valuable. I talked about this a lot in episode 65. And so if you're focusing on value and you're targeting the right people, they're going to find it valuable and they're not going to be mad you're in their inbox. If it lands in someone's inbox who doesn't find it valuable or they're like this person or the service is not right for me, they're going to leave and that's going to help you because it's going to help your open rate and it's going to help your deliverability and like getting people off your list who don't need to be there. So that's all a good thing. So don't worry about it. The last thing I want to say before we hop into some like more concrete tips, I'm going to give you concrete tips about what to email people today. It's just that I want to kind of put aside any skepticism over like, are email lists dead? Or is that like the old way of doing it? Yada, yada. I really think that's a missed opportunity, in my opinion. As somebody who's focused on email marketing for six years, it's like been the old workhorse in my business. We still make a ton of sales from it. We get a ton of engagement from it. Um, The people who are the most dedicated on social come over and get our emails as well. And we really become part of this like enveloped network with them. Um, so it's part of the larger picture. It's part of something more that you can own and really get your hands around versus social media constantly changing. We don't know if things are, you know, we're creating content. We don't know if people are seeing it. I know that when I'm sending an email, 40, 50% of people are opening it. They're seeing it. Right. So that's a lot more people than what, like, for example, Instagram is showing my, um, post to, or my reels to. So it is definitely something to focus on. It is more of the long haul approach. It's going to be something you have to be dedicated to and have patience with. Um, It's not going to give you sexy, you know, vanity metrics. No one's advertising how many people they have on their email list or like comparing to one another. It's just going to be something you got to like put your head down and keep going with. But I swear to you, it's worth it. All right. So let's get into tips on what to email your list to keep them engaged, keep them buying, creating more of a community. Of course, if you haven't listened to part one yet, I'm going to tell you to go back and listen to episode 65 of my podcast because you kind of have to have that foundation in order to hop into today's conversation. But with that, I I want you to generally think about like when we think about what we're emailing our email list, it's a very similar like you can use what I'm going to teach you today to kind of plan out marketing in general. But I want you to think of it as a very 30,000 foot view cyclical thing first. We kind of have to like zoom out, zoom up above you and your computer and emailing and sitting on your couch and all that. And we have to think about the larger picture here. Like if you thought about the quarter or the year or even half of a year, like what's first we have to think of like, what are the big bookmarks in your business? Do you know that you're going to have a group program that opens in January? Do you know that you're offering a course that's going to like open the doors in May and close the doors? Like no one will be able to buy it after that. Um, you know, there, there could be some like live event or in-person event that you already know that you have that you're going to be thinking of. I, the way the way that I always start with this is I kind of plug those big, big things in first and put in placeholders for them. Because from there, I think about how for about 
you know, depending on what it is, it could be anywhere from a week, two weeks to a month before that is going to be a lot of lead up like time, right? There's going to be some warm up, some teasing, what we call like the teaser period. Um, we have like the teaser, teaser period, then the teaser period, then the invite period, then the sales period, and then the downsell and like thank you period. So that can sometimes last well over a month, right? So you kind of have to build that out and look at your calendar overall of where these big things are, how much time leading up to it, you're going to be talking about that thing and all that kind of stuff. And because we're still 30,000 foot view, right? We're just talking like big picture here. The periods in between that. So if you saw your calendars kind of having these big like splotches on it for the big events that we just talked about and like the lead up that we just talked about, then the times in between there are heavy nurture periods, in my opinion. So I think where a lot of people go wrong with their email list is that they see it as a little too black and white. Some people focus on their email list as being all nurture and they never tell anybody about any sales or any like they don't go through a period where they talk about a service and like hyper focus on it for a while where they don't talk about their course or something like that. Right. And then we have people on the other hand who you feel like I feel like we've all been there. You feel like you only ever get emails from that person when they're selling something and you're not really getting value from them. You're just getting sold all the time. That doesn't feel good either. You'll also run into a problem if you don't focus on nurturing your email list and the new people as they're coming in in between these periods of promotion or sales or opening up the doors or whatever in your business. What you're going to run into is people not being warm enough to buy the next time you do talk about something, right? So that's just kind of the overall big picture of like how I think of this all as like a cycle of kind of like what season is this in my business? Okay, this is a season of nurturing. I'm like building the the like stocks back up. I'm like building the supplies back up, right? Because we just put them through this like long promo period. And now I want to like give them thanks and give them more value and like share new resources with them. And it's just like that's the period that we're in, right? And we just kind of go up and we go down and we go up and we down. But these are more like soft peaks and valleys, not like super high highs and super low lows, right? It's a bit more consistent than that. So when we're in nurture periods, for example, I'm still educating people about what I do. I'm still educating people about my products, right? I'm like um, talking about my products, telling people what's going on, what's going on in the community, maybe some new thing that I've added to it or something that like a customer has accomplished or something like that. Right. So that we're staying, we're also building up like the awareness, we're staying top of mind. And then that way, when the sale period does come, right, a couple months from now or something like that, it's like, oh, right. I know what this product is. She doesn't have to spend a ton of time educating me as to like, What's what is that all about? What's included? Who's like, what is she talking about? It's all been kind of part of the conversation, right? The last several months. So that's how I like to go about it is kind of these soft peaks and valleys, not super high, high like sales where you've never heard of this thing before, but now it's going to be thrown in your face for weeks and not super low lows where we never talk about anything. And I don't mention my products for weeks or months or anything like that. It's a little bit more chill and consistent. The idea here is that in between periods where you're going to focus on, like I would pick out a couple of those times throughout the year where you're going to intentionally focus on different offers in your business. Even if you have one-to-one coaching, even if you have like a group program, a course, even if that thing is open all the time, I personally would pencil parts of my year, parts of my quarter in to hyper-focus on and fill those things, right? Because 
just having it open all the time will get like a little bit of a consistent drip. But if you really want to like capture everyone's attention, you're going to have to like dive deep for a couple of weeks or months on an offer that you have. And the idea would be that in between those offers, we'd be nurturing the crap out of people. And we're going to establish like, know, and trust during that time. We're going to build authority. We're going to make our email list uh, a soft, cozy, safe place to land that people, again, enjoy you know, opening up their emails. They they get excited. I want you to think about this and like visualize somebody receiving your email, seeing your name pop up in their inbox, and they're excited to open your email. What does your email sound like? What does it feel like for them to kind of receive this kind of thing? Is it like a conversation with a friend? Is it like a hug? Is it like a high five motivational thing? Is it like your sarcastic, dark humored, witty best friend? What does it feel like to them? Are they writing back to you? Is it more conversational? You know, is it beautiful? Is it like the kind of newsletter where it's like designed and has pictures and like cool graphics and almost designed more like a newspaper where it's laid out as like a newsletter? Or is this like plain text, like the kind that you would just send to a friend, right? And they would reply to you. You really want to spend some time thinking about this. I've always felt like my emails were more personal. Um, it, I've talked about this in the last episode that I think because I started out with only having a couple people on my email list who were family and friends, I just pictured kind of writing to them. And like, I was a little bit more like open and vulnerable with them. And then I've considered it this like safe place for me to land as well as like creating a safe place for people to write me back. And like people write me back all the time and share different things that are going on in their lives and their businesses all, all kinds of legal stuff that's happened to them, like just all kinds of things. And so clearly like this intention for me to create that kind of space has has like had the intended effect, right? It's worked in that sense. And that's really what I wanted. I wanted it to be like getting an email from your friend who you had coffee with, who's like just happens to be a lawyer, right? And I, I think the more you can kind of nail that down of what that looks like for you, then your emails can come across as that, right? And we're building your authority and we're building this like, know, and trust factor by you establishing that kind of community, curating essentially the feel, the delivery of these emails, what they're like, what their intention is, all that kind of stuff. But we can't just nurture, right? And I'm going to give you, by the way, I'm going to give you tips in a couple of minutes about like, okay, that sounds great about creating like cozy emails or emails that are like a high five, but like literally what do I email them? We're going to talk about that in a sec. So hang with me. But we we can't just nurture in our businesses, right? Like as much as we all, I think like you're probably like me and you just want to be helpful and you come from a good place and you have really good intentions. And if you could, you would like help everybody. You are a business and I want to give you permission to be a business and you don't need to apologize for that. You don't need to make up for it. You don't need to do anything. In fact, you're a business. Anytime that you feel guilty emailing about an offer or talking about something that's going on in your business, I want you to think about Target. I want you to think about Target sitting down and sending emails to people probably every day. I don't know. I don't get Target's emails, but I bet like whoever's sending those emails and setting them up, do you think that they feel bad for one second about sending out an email about how like pajamas are on sale and the air fryer is $20 off and you can get that like oyster um, like blender thing for like nine bucks and they have like albums and books and blah, 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 right? 
Nobody feels bad about it over there. And you know what else is funny about that? Target is not giving you anything of value other than the product itself. You're giving the product too. <laughs> like you're giving either a product or a service or whatever, but whatever you're doing is valuable. You're also, because you're in this kind of business, going above and beyond, and you're giving people tips and advice and recipes and calendars and templates and blah, blah, blah. You're giving so much that so many other businesses don't have to give, right? That they can, people walk, as I always say to, to customers, to friends, people walk into Target to get laundry detergent and they, quote, accidentally end up spending $200 on stuff that we don't need, right? I'm only saying this as a, a theoretical example. I've obviously never done this. <laughs> um, um, I've, their pajamas are really soft, guys. I've, if you haven't tried them, <laughs> I highly recommend it. But anyway, you know, people, that that is happening every day, all day across the country. And they're not offering them a podcast and a YouTube channel and Instagram reels and swipeable carousels and savable posts and tips and Instagram stories and emails and blog posts. Oh my goodness. Sometimes I just think about, I'm like, gosh, we give so much. So if you have any moment where you're like, I feel so bad emailing them, please come back, save this part of the episode, come back and listen to this if this is at all helpful. But I know that this is like, for me, this is the pep talk that I give myself where I'm like, I cannot feel bad about this. I'm a business. I'm allowed to let people know how they can get something in exchange for payment, right? I'm not collecting money. I'm not passing around a, a basket and collecting money. I am giving something in exchange. Plus, I'm giving a ton of free stuff on top of it. This podcast episode you're listening to right now doesn't cost you anything. It costs me a lot to put this on, right? So it's it's just like I want you to continue to work on that. It is a muscle that we have to continue to strengthen even after all these years, after the thousands of people I've helped, after the, I can't even tell you how many thousands of pieces of free content I've put out there. When I get a nasty email from somebody who's angry that I charge for my products, it still stings for a moment. It's that the stings aren't as deep. They're not as harsh and they don't last as long and they don't have as much of an effect on me anymore, but it still bothers me. Right. And so this is something that you're going to continue to work on. And I feel like it comes up a lot when it comes to emails. For some reason, people feel like it's like, invasive or something to get in there. It's it's really okay. You're just letting people know about an opportunity and we can give them the chance to walk away if they want. It's okay, right? So with that, I, I wanted to talk about how, you know, there are a number of different approaches when it comes to the nurture phase. So like, what do you email people when you're kind of in this nurture phase? So one way that you could go about it and that you could at least get yourself into like a weekly rhythm or something like that is that you could pair your weekly email with a bigger piece of content that you're sending them to. So your weekly email could be a little intro that then leads them to a blog post, a YouTube video, or a podcast that you've done. Or maybe you've been on somebody else's podcast or interviewed with someone else or written an article for someone else. It could be the same, right? So your weekly email could be as simple as that, or you could mix that in and, you know, in with some of your regular emails. Oftentimes I'll write about something kind of semi-related to what that week's podcast episode is about, or I'll tell a story and, and kind of do like a little bit of a setup of like, here's why this is important. This is why you should pay attention to something. 
And that's why I recorded a podcast episode for you on this. And here's what you'll learn. Um, So you can do something like that, right? And that's a good way to kind of get in a rhythm with stuff. I also personally like to send like direct education to my email list as well. So I kind of flip flop. I email twice a week and one of them is like leading to the bigger piece of content. And the other email is more like this email itself is the content, right? And then I take that and I do things with it elsewhere. But the email, the second email is more like a series. So in in mine, for example, if you get mine and if you don't, you can sign up below in the link below to get my weekly Q&A emails every Thursday. I send out uh, a legal, like somebody submitted a legal question. I give the answer to everybody. People really like them. And so every week you could answer a question that you've gotten. They could be client questions. They could be topics that have come up in conversation, things that you've seen on Instagram. Like they could be anything. I think the point is making it a series so that it's regular and consistent. And I think if you could give it some sort of name or something like that, that would be even better just to kind of create a a little bit of more of a a community around it. You know what I mean? If you're struggling with topics at any time, then what I want you to do really early on, like starting today, is keep a list wherever you like. I have one in Asana. Um, I also have one on my phone for when I'm just out and about. But you want to start a list where you just write everything on it. Like everything could, it could be really random from like, a story about a little something that happened to you at the grocery store. And you're like, I'm not sure what, you know, relevancy this has, but it's a funny story or it was a scary story or whatever. It had some sort of impact that you remembered it. Or it can be like you were DMing with somebody and they asked you a really good question. You copy and paste that and you pop that in your list too, right? So I think that this helped me early on because I just got in the habit of doing this. Like when in doubt, the thing went on my email li- or on my list, my what I call the sizzle file. Um, somewhere along the way, some somebody mentioned this to me as like what they called this type of list, and I, I just stuck with it. But um, I just got in the habit of saving literally every question, everything I would see in an email, in a DM uh, that would happen on a free call. I would pop it into this list to the point where I got thousands and thousands of things on this list, right? And it got so like unruly that I started searching the list for like common phrases or I'd say, okay, I want to write about website policies this week because I want to let everyone know that I sell website policy templates. Um, So let me search this list for what questions people have submitted on website policies. And I would find those questions and then I would answer them, you know, so stuff like that. I, I just think it's like a really good habit to get into. Nowadays, I have an ideas file on my Asana board and I just like, I just put everything in there when I'm out and about. Usually when I'm watching movies or watching TV shows, my, the way that my brain works is that like everything I see, I convert it to an analogy of how that's like this in business. So that's just how my mind works, right? Like when I was on the cruise in August, for example, and I wrote about that, I ended up writing about this to my email list. I remember I was uh, standing in line, like watching, they have one of those like surf rider things where people get on this like surfboard and then tons of like water jets out at them and they like pretend surf on the back of the cruise. And I did not want to do it because I had brain surgery and I'm always like freaked out about falling and hitting my head. And so I just I just didn't want to do it. It just like wasn't in the mood. I'm still grieving my dad. I just didn't want to do it. And normally I would be very adventurous and do it, but I did not. So I sat there and I watched everybody else do it. And it was so funny because like one by one, 
everybody would come up to the window and be like, hi, I want to do the surf rider thing. And the lady would be like, okay, here are like 47 steps of things you have to do first before you're allowed to go on the surf rider. And it was so funny to watch all these people be like, oh, no, I just like wanted to get on the surf rider, you know? And and so they would quit. They would just walk away. They wouldn't even sign up for it. Other people would start going through the steps. Like you had to do this like little physical fitness thing and this balance test. And then you had to go on the like baby surf rider and, and show that you could like lay on your belly, then show that you could get up on your feet. And th- there were just a, a very long list of things that you had to do before you were actually allowed to go surfing. And it was so funny to watch like how little by little people just dropped off, dropped off, dropped off. Right. And I was like, this is so like business, right? Where everybody wants the outcome. Everybody's like, oh yeah, sure. I'm like, uh, hello, I'm here to like start a seven figure business. And then you're like, oh, okay. So in in order to do that, um, it's going to take years um, and also uh, a lot of money. And um, people are going to say really mean things to you. And you're going to have to show up even when zero people buy or um, respond back. Um, And you're going to have to email your email list every week, even when there's only two people on it. And for a while, you're going to feel like it's not growing. And um, oh, you're also going to have to experiment like starting a podcast and a YouTube channel and writing a ton of blog posts and doing everything yourself until you can afford to outsource it enough, you know, and <laughs> and go on and on and on like that. And the more that you, I think, would explain it, the more people would just drop off. Right. Because you're like, oh, no, I just like wanted the seven figure business. I don't want to like do all that stuff. Right. So it was so interesting to me. And that's just like, that's how my brain works. Like I just saw the surfing thing and I instantly was like, this is how this is in business. It's also uh, like analogous, I think, to legally protecting your business because there's all this like everybody just wants to go surfing, but there's all this foundational stuff that you have to do first and you have to learn the basics before you can hop on the surfboard. And, you know, everybody wants to go out and build this big business, but they don't sometimes want to focus on this foundation or they want to skip that step and go to the surfing. Right. That's how my brain works. So I jotted that surf, you know, story down. And just like I just remembered, like people were standing in line, people dropped off, people had to do this physical fitness test. Like I wrote down all the little details and then I crafted that into a story and an email to my list. And it turned out to be like a really popular email and people responded back a lot and all this kind of stuff. So that's what I'm talking about is like it can be like a random story. um, Or if you're like me and you have a pretty easy time converting things to how that makes sense for your industry or for what you help people with, like write it all down and it's all going to be helpful at some point. Whatever you decide to email your list, like whether it's like the emails themselves are valuable or they're pointing people to a bigger piece of content, I hope that overall this is part of a larger marketing picture for you where like everything leads to something that you do, right? And so we talked about this before on the podcast where like, you know, why are you creating all this content that's like not about a topic that you help clients with? Or like, why would your emails be about something that's not something you address with your clients or in one of your programs or something like that? You would kind of keep it together. I mean, you'll see me like I am right now talking about email lists and like helping to build the email list. I will talk about what I call umbrella topics to what my customers are struggling with and what I help them with. I would personally tell you that when you're starting out until you've really established yourself and your business has become a bit more established, I would really focus on what I call like the, the handle of the umbrella of content, which is what you do and everything that leads to what you do and working on you becoming more synonymous with like your topic and your area, right? 
once people can be like, oh yeah, Sam, the legal girl, then it helps a little bit to be like, well, my customers are also struggling with how to build an email list and how to, you know, what to email them. And I feel like no one's saying this. So I'm going to give them this episode because I just think it's really helpful. And um, we just, you know, as part of the brand, I guess, um, produce a lot of valuable content. And so I didn't do that so much until I got really established in like the legal space, but also so that like I've already done the content on like, for example, how to legally build an email list and like what you can and can't do with your email list legally. So now this is just like building on that. But if you haven't taken care of like the core content that speaks to your ideal client about what you do, then I would say you're not yet at a place to go branching off and talking about lots and lots of different things, right? I think over time you can like stretch your wings a little bit more. Whatever it is that you decide to pick and like whatever it is that you, however you decide to approach emailing them, consistency is king in my opinion. And so I'd rather you consistently email your list once a week and get it quote unquote wrong um, or not have a purpose or not have a strategy or something like this, but get in the habit of showing up in their email inbox um, establishing, you know, who you are and what you do, what you stand for. And maybe it's not perfect and it's not the highest converting email or whatever, but you're showing up. And I also love the idea of you practicing writing more. Um, I think this is where investing time and energy into our kinds of businesses, into copywriting is just invaluable. I think it's one of the best things you can do. I don't, you know, I think there are, there are courses out there and stuff that you could take. And I think that's, that's good if that's what you want to do. Um, I personally didn't find them super helpful. What I found helpful was practice. Uh, it was just like writing, 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 writing more, getting more comfortable, finding my voice, writing more like I spoke, um, ditching a lot of the formalities. I talked about this in episode 65, but like coming from being you know, a corporate lawyer, it was a lot to switch over um, the way that I wrote and the way that I spoke. And so practicing that more and more and more. And I think something else that's really uh, just takes time and takes practice for people is that a lot of people, what I, a place that I see a lot of people go wrong with copywriting, both in their emails, on social, just in their businesses in general, is that they write too much about themselves without converting it to how that's helpful or relevant to the person that they're trying to help. So I'll see a lot of people post stuff on social, for example, that's just kind of about them. And it's like it just drops off there and doesn't convert to like, how is this helpful to your customer? Um, or how are you involving them in the conversation? Even if it is something that's a story about you, how are you making it more of a conversation than a one-sided sharing, right? And I think that's where a business will really shift from being a more of a personal brand blog influencer to a business is like, it's not really about you. It's about shifting the focus. Um, and so whenever we do share something that's kind of more personal, you know, I know I share, if you're on my email list, like I share a lot of personal stuff and I've talked about grief and like what it's been like to navigate the business growing so much and all of this, but I always turn that into a relevant tip for you. And you can literally say this. I mean, it's a copywriting uh, tip, actually, that I remember years and years ago learning from like a copy hackers um, blog post, I think, about how there's like, I forget what it's called even, but it's it's like the transition essentially in, in copywriting where, you know, I'll tell a story about something that happened that's like totally random. It could be about going to the grocery store and like finding out that 
you know, Trader Joe's is out of pumpkin bagels or something like this. And then you will literally say, what does running out of pumpkin bagels have to do with helping you legally protect your business? Or like, what what a pumpkin bagels got to do with this? Like, you can literally use transitional phrases like that and then make the connection for them. Make the connection, teach them what's really behind that story. What's the tip? What's the lesson that they can take away? How is that relevant to what you do and what you help them with? Um, And so I find that kind of stuff to be really helpful. Now, I know that a lot of people will think that sending out an email to their newsletter um, or a newsletter to their email list is like an easy way to do that is by sharing resources, right? Like you can share a list of links and helpful resources. And I think that can be helpful from time to time. I would caution you though, that like, I think there should be more context and more of your personality. I think you should also take it very seriously that like, if you're going to offer resources, they should be things that you really like and trust. Um, It should be stuff that you've tried and had success with or an article you've actually read. Tell them what's interesting about it, why they should read it, what what they can take away from it. Personally, though, I would not go towards those kinds of emails. Like I would focus, like you're a business and you want to drive stuff back to your own business. And I would kind of focus on um, like doing a quick educational tip email versus like sending out that kind of email, in my opinion. Another really good um, tip that someone gave me recently was to set a weekly date for yourself for replies. So you could set a reminder in your like uh, sauna or whatever else you use that every like Wednesday or Friday, you respond back to all the replies that you get from emails. Now, you might be thinking like, hey, nobody replies to my emails, you know, or only one person ever replies. Then you set aside that time and you reply back to this person. Because right now it might be that person. Next week it might be two people. One day it'll be 12, then 30, then so many that you can't reply, right? We all start somewhere. And every person is a full-fledged human being that's taking the time to read your emails. And everybody deserves the reply, even if it's thank you so much for reading my emails. Thanks for sharing that with me. That's fine. But that's how we start to build. And my my former marketing manager, Margo, she used to say to me that there's so many things in business that feel like you're depositing a nickel into a savings account. And it feels like, oh, what is the point of this? It's just a nickel. And you deposit a nickel every day and a nickel the next day and a nickel the next day. And one day you look back on it and those nickels not only have added up, but they also gained you compound interest, right? And you can't think of the individual nickels. You really kind of have to think of the larger picture here that you are making these deposits, essentially. Every person that joins is another deposit. Every person you respond to is another deposit. And these deposits in isolation might feel small, but they're not small and they add up and they are going to gain traction. Now, in order for you to keep that traction, to keep that thing growing, your emails have to be valuable and they have to give people a reason to stay, right? So we have to keep focusing on this value, this nurturing. And it also would be a reason for people to refer. Um, So one of the things I think is like a sleeper strategy of, of a way, and this is something we're starting to play with now, is to get people to refer other people who they know would also benefit from your emails to join your email list. Because if you think about it, if you run something like Facebook ads or whatever, you're paying a lot of money, especially these days, Facebook ads are, are a bit more expensive, uh, at least in my experience, then you know, you're getting you're paying a lot of money to get people onto your email list. If you can have somebody who's already on your email list be like, hey, my friend Julie would love these emails. I'm just gonna go ahead and 
send her, like Sam has this link at the bottom where you can get people to join. I'm going to send this over. Um, then that is a free referral, right? Now we're going to start playing with some uh, paid referrals or at least like reward uh, referrals for people referring people to our email list. I think that's kind of a cool strategy. It's not free though. So I think you could start out by by running a little bit of a free campaign. You could give people an extra freebie if they refer people. You could have a secret podcast episode. You could offer a free like connection call if they refer a certain number of people, like there are all kinds of things you could do too that would be free. Um, but I do think like referrals could be a part of your strategy as you're figuring out what to email people and like how to keep building this list. Now, the last thing I want to tell you about is that, you know, when we're emailing our list, I want you to think about ending everything with one question, a singular question that gets people to respond that's super easy to respond to. So let's say that you taught people three tips in your email. You can say, hey, Sam, will you hit reply to this email and let me know was tip number one, two, or three the most helpful to you? That's all I want you to do is hit reply and tell me what number, right? Something like that. It can be super easy. Um, First of all, it gets people in the habit of understanding that this is not a one-way conversation. It also helps on the kind of strategy side of like, you know, I think the the email gods like it when people open your emails and reply to them and it's like less chance of going to spam and all of this. But I also just found that like people who started doing those little replies, I then eventually see them writing me longer replies or getting in the habit of replying. And it just kind of builds and builds again, nickels, 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 right? So little things like this can go a long way. In general, I just want to encourage you to, as I always say, treat them like it's the Olive Garden. Once you're in, you're family, right? You're here on this email list. I'm so appreciative that you're here. Now it's like you're in my digital home. I'm going to treat you well. I'm going to take care of you, continue to nurture you, do my best to show up consistently and become a little part of your week or whatever. And I think that that is really what's led to a lot of not only email list success for for me, but for my business um, and really has just made it a place. What's most important to me is that it's made it a place where I can't wait to like write my emails. I I just hired a a new marketing manager and a copyright full-time employee who's absolutely wonderful. Can't wait for her to be here. And I was saying to her, um, just so you know, I write my weekly emails. Like I am not letting those go, right? Because I really love it. And the reason I love it is because it's like created such a positive community. Not to say I don't get a nasty email every once in a while, but the point is that like people find it really valuable. I think they feel the love. I feel it back. And it's just something I really look forward to doing. And in my experience, when when you create that kind of a community, like it just shows and it ends up showing in the numbers, frankly. Um, and so that's that's kind of my piece. I also want to share some resources with you below. Um, Liz Wilcox, who I know a lot of people are in her What to Email Your List membership. It's a $9 a month membership where Liz gives you prompts and outlines of what to email your email list. I know so many people use this and love it. So I wanted to share this with you as, as a low-cost resource for you. Um, I'll also link to my episode 65, part one of this little series for you below. And to get my emails so that you can receive free legal tips and business building advice in your inbox, including my weekly Q&A, legal Q&A series called Sam's Sidebar every Thursday. You can use the easy email list sign up um, link below and join my email list automatically without receiving any marketing emails um, to join. So I would love to see you there. 
I hope that you loved this episode. Do me a favor, DM it to a friend, uh, text the link to a friend if you think that they would love it too. If you haven't left a review yet, it would mean so much for me if you would just quickly give us a rating on Spotify or Apple, leave a review on Apple. You might get a shout out Uh, with that. I can't wait to chat with you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the On Your Terms podcast. Make sure to follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. You can also check out all of our podcast episodes, show notes, links, and more at samvanderreelen.com slash podcast. You can learn more about legally protecting your business and take my free legal workshop, Five Steps to Legally Protect and Grow Your Online Business at samvanderreelen.com. And to stay connected and follow along, follow me on Instagram at samvanderreelen and send me a DM to say hi. Hi.